Okie dokie, folks. Welcome to the Roots Report podcast, presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by Rhode Island Blood Center, Mother Earth Wellness, Graysale Brewing, Trinity Brewhouse, Ballet RI, and R1 Indoor Karting. I am your host, John Fusick. Today we have comedian Joe Gatto. He is known for his improv comedy, the TV show and film, Impractical Jokers, The Misery Index, Two Cool Moms podcast, and his book, The Dog Father, My Love for Dogs, Dessert, and Growing Up Italian. Gatto is bringing his night of comedy to Veterans Memorial Auditorium on December 29th. Hi, it's Joe Gatto. Hi, Joe. It's John Fusick from Motif Magazine. How are you? Very well, John. Thank you so much for uh, being able to be flexible. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. So, uh, where are you right now? Uh, I'm on my way back from New York City, back to my uh, home in uh, on Long Island. Long Maybe Island. to do a podcast. Yes, I live in Long Island. That's what people often confuse Rhode Island with, Long Island. <laughs> a different island. Yeah, different well, too. we're not even an island. So, uh, you're coming to Rhode Island on the 29th of December, and you're going to be at Veterans Auditorium? Yes, I am. All right, and it's an, it's called Joe Gatto's Night of Comedy? Yes, sir, that's it. We have a night where we all come together and laugh and forget about how sucky life is for an hour and a half. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I don't know a lot about you. I, I watched some stuff from you, but... Uh, I read up on you. Um, I've never seen the show Impractical Jokers. You want to tell me a little bit about that show? Yeah, sure. It's uh, what I'm known for. I was on it for uh, 10 years of my life. It was a show basically with me and my friends. We uh, hidden camera comedy show. Uh, like, uh, was it like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, candy camera kind of thing? Well, yes, like candy camera. Yeah, well, we were the butt of our own jokes. So we were uh, basically um, made fun of each other. We really didn't get the public as much as we got each other in front of the public, and they were our collateral embarrassment. Um, you know, so that was uh, that was the show. And, uh, it was a great time. Those were my, my my friends. I knew them since high school. I'm still friends with them 35 years later almost. And, um, yeah, I decided to, uh, you know, some life stuff came my way, some stuff in my personal life I needed to take care of. So I left the show in 2021 and started uh, need to continue to make the world laugh and <laughs> pay the bills. So I started doing stand-up comedy and it's been uh, an amazing amazing time um this past two years with joe gatto's out of comedy touring the country um really really fun now how has the transition been from a tv show to stand-up comedy did you do stand-up comedy at all before you started doing this i mean you were i performed live since uh yeah i've performed live my whole life since, since 1999 we had been performing improv comedy together and then stand uh, then we did the uh jokers live tour which i had toured eight years with those guys and we were all on stage so the biggest transition was basically to be by myself uh on stage because i had always performed with a group um and that presented a little bit of a challenge to have the how to prepare wasn't as collaborative you know you're by yourself figure that all out uh-huh. responsible for talking for the whole 60 minutes <laughs> you know so it was uh that was a little different but once i got the hang of it um it quickly came together with the you know an hour that a solid hour i'm proud of the product and people have been coming out and really enjoying it i quickly graduated from comedy clubs to theaters and now i'm playing rooms like the one i'm coming to there in rhode island so you were a member of a uh is this you said you were uh you know together with your friends since high school was this the tenderloins that you're talking of yeah the tenderloins was uh, was our uh troop that we were and then the tv show was impractical jokers now um, did you so start that right out of high school the the tv show the uh after college we started performing improv okay um, we met in high school we went our separate ways during college 
Then when we came back, graduates of college in 99, we started performing live together with Improv Comedy in New York. Now, were you part of any kind of uh, comedy groups in college? No. No, just uh, just basically a social butterfly who worked on his people skills. <laughs> <laughs> now, you got a degree. And in I, a- have a, got, I have an accounting degree. How right. That? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's what I was going to say. Accounting's probably the most boring thing that you can do. Oh, I know. No. I mean, accountants aren't known for being funny. <laughs> <laughs> They're not known for their personalities, for sure. Right, I mean, right. I knew, I knew upon graduation that I wasn't going to be sitting in the cubicle, cubicle crunching numbers, you know. But my father always told me, you know, it's a safe safe job. You'll always be able to get a job. You can work with any company you want because every company has an accountant. And that was a pretty valid point. <laughs> well, at least you can take care of your own money. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know the comedian Tom Papa? Yeah, well, I love Papa. He, uh, he makes a joke about Staten Iron, Island and his... In one of his specials, I've watched him quite a bit, and he just goes, can you imagine coming from Staten Island, the people of you know feel bad that they have to go back to Staten Island? What's so bad about Staten Island? <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. I think it's a, it basically is old lore, because it, it had the, when I was growing up, it had the dump for the city. The garbage dump was on Staten Island, so all the garbage of the city went to Staten Island. So that was like why every, it always got dumped on, uh, all puns intended, because that's where the garbage was going. So everybody always uh, made fun of it mostly for that, you know, but it was very, uh, growing up there, I really enjoyed like it. I mean, I made some great friendships. It was a great neighborhood kind of feel with backyards, hanging out, you know, with everybody in the neighborhood. Like it had that real kind of feel. And I feel like Long Island, where I'm raising my children, has a similar vibe to that, a sense of community. Uh, you know, playing in yards and things of that nature. What is it that made you get into improv comedy? And what was it that it's, you know, it's going to be a path to get into improv comedy because it's not really something that people wake up one day and say, I'm going to be an improv comic. What was the path? What were you kind of, oh, were you in theater? Did you like, were you the funny kid in school or, you know? No, it's just always funny in nature. But then I did, uh, you know, I always did comedy on the side all the way up until the show took off. Like I had to, I took, I filmed the pilot on my two week vacation that I took from my baby store salesman job. I worked for a company called Giggle where I was selling high end baby furniture and gear, <laughs> uh, strollers and whatnot. So I took my two week vacation to do film the pilot. And then when we got picked up, I went into my CEO's office and I told her, I was like, look, I'm going to need six months off to film the first season. And uh, so I need to take a hiatus. And she's like, oh, so you're quitting? I'm like, no, no, it's a hiatus. She's like, you're not going to come back. She's like, you're going to be on TV. I'm like, well, you never know what's going to happen. She's like, look, you're quitting. And if it doesn't work out, come back and we'll figure something out. And I was like, okay. So she was super supportive from the beginning. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. So then that was like really my thing. And then I was always just sitting on the side. Then when the opportunity presented itself, I quit my job and, and jumped in full throttle. And it's been, uh, you know, I've never looked back since. But you, you won a contest called It's Your Show? Yeah, so our comedy troupe, when, uh, you know, to get a little traction, that's basically one of the milestones of our career was, they, this was during the time when MySpace and YouTube were just starting and everybody was trying to figure out how to get internet comics on the main medium, television, thinking that television was going to be, you know, is the is the win-all, be-all kind of deal, you know? So it was like, how can we get there? So Fox had come up with this idea of a show that was kind of like America's Funniest Home Videos mm-hmm. for sketch comedians. So they would give out a topic out and all sketch comedians would compete to make a show about a topic like, you know, uh, a blind date or or uh, an infomercial or blah, blah, blah. And you would just make these things, you know, and then people would compete for them. But it was vote uh, driven by the fans online. And we had a big following because of our years of improv and our mailing list and performing. 
So we would just put up our videos and send out the links and people would vote and, and we would win. So, and you'd win a thousand dollars a challenge and we won like 10 challenges. And then they, the, the website got picked up to film a pilot for Fox, uh, starring Carson Daly as the host. And it was called it's your show. They invited three sketch comics comedians to make a bunch of videos for the show. And we were one of those shows. So we go ahead and we, do that and we actually won the contest and we won a hundred thousand dollars but the pilot never aired it was failed so it never aired so they had to pay us this hundred thousand dollars on a failed tv pilot um but the, the people who produced the show saw us and saw our potential and was like hey you guys are good enough to have your own sketch comedy show let's try to make a show together and we fought, tried a couple sketch comedy shows that didn't work and then our, we got our agent and it was like look he's like you know sketch comedy might not be your thing and then we we're like well let's think about what kind of format is us? And let's just make a show about us making each other laugh. And then Impractical Jokers was born. And you did that for 10 years. Yes. Yeah. Nine and a half seasons. Wow. That's, that's a pretty good run on TV. Yeah. I can't really beat that. No, you can't. <laughs> now you do a thing called the misery index. It's a show. Well, that was a, sh- that was a show that ran at that time too. They had, they had launched a, uh, a game show called the misery index where they had an idea for the show and they cast us as the, uh, the talent show and it was oh, okay. Camila Jamil, but that was uh that was back in that that is that that aired three seasons and that stopped airing. Now was it based on a game called Shit Happens? Yeah, it's a it's a card game. Uh that is like one of those card party games. Uh-huh. Where you have to rate what is worse or I guess on a on a misery index what <laughs> where where you would place it on a scale of one to hundred. You graduated to movies. You had some impractical joker movies too, didn't you? Yes. We had an impractical jokers film which was so great. I loved doing that. That was so fun. Because I always wanted to be in, you know, when I grow up, I want to be a movie director. That's my passion, my dream. That's actually why I got into entertainment. It's always been my my heart, my heart, my love. And uh, so we got to make a film and it aired, um, it, it released in theaters February of 2020. So oh. <laughs> we were the last movie to come out. We had three weeks and then the world shut down. And we always make the joke that we were the longest movie in history running because all, all these closed movie theaters had us on the billboard, had us on the marquee. So we were the longest-running film in history over a year and a half. So is that movie available on streaming now? Yep, yep, yep. It's available on streaming. Do you know which platform it's on? Um, all that stuff is run through Turner normally. So that's, uh, what is that, Max? Okay. I haven't seen it pop up in my my cues for anything. Now you're doing a thing called Two Cool Moms Podcasts. Yes. Yes, I love the two full moms. <laughs> now, that's you and Steve Byrne? Yeah, Steve Byrne's another comic friend of mine. You know, I always wanted to do something with Steve. I've known him for a decade, at least at this point. And a uh, good friend of ours, very funny gentleman. And when my schedule opened up, I was you know able to do some podcasting. Him and I both wanted to podcast. And we said, let's try something together. So we started talking, and we quickly found this format where Steve and I are both products of very mothers who gave very good maternal advice. But we've found ourselves, we've been each other's confidants, and uh, we owe that to our friend groups and stuff. So we realized that we think we've inherited that <laughs> cool mom gene. So we spent our podcast talking about anything and everything in the beginning, you know, because we're comics and whatever, growing up or being parents or whatever, or just any topic of the day. And then the second half, we try to solve fan-submitted dilemmas to the best of our abilities. Uh, so that's been really, really fun to do, and um, I've been having a blast doing that Steve Burke. Now, how often do you tape those? We did a whole year of them, uh, over 67 episodes, a little bit more than a year. Then we uh, went on a little bit of hiatus because we're working out to become a, 
a podcast with the iHeart iHeart Media podcast, an official podcast with them. So we are going to relaunch under their banner. Supposed to, supposed to happen in January. Oh, so you're not currently on. You just have the back episodes up now. Yeah, the back episodes are up on on the YouTube, 67 episodes, and then we'll come. We'll relaunch in uh, in January under the iHeart banner. So does that mean you're going to be on like satellite radio and streaming services or whatever? Yeah, the iHeart app, and uh, you know it'll be a part of their uh, their network of uh, promoting podcasts. Oh, that's great! I'm really excited about that because I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of iHeart as a brand. I love all the concerts. I love you know I grew up in New York here with Elvis Duran and the Morning Show, and big fans of them. It's just really cool and nice fit. Now you have you took time off because you wanted to be a parent to your kids. Now I couldn't tell if you had three or four kids. Two. Two. Oh, I a boy and a girl, eight, eight year old daughter and six year old son. Oh, I thought it said you had four kids somewhere. Huh. Where the hell? Are you? Where the hell? Did you get four kids from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Those other two ain't mine. <laughs> Not that you know of, anyway. <laughs> uh, I know, yeah, you're right, you're right. Like sometimes my information, yeah. I look up information, the information on the internet is not right, so go figure. Yeah. Who would have thought? There's, there's info out there that's not correct. Who would have thought it? Yeah, I, I come across that very often. I, I You didn't have, a, your website is a little weird. It's kind of only like links to other things. That's yeah, it's yeah. one it's one of those sites that just gives me like links to your YouTube page, so I had to look for other other means but dig around yeah um so you got a book out too called the the dog father my my love for dogs dessert and growing up italian yeah yeah i, I self-published that on amazon uh because i'm also an amateur photographer and i love my dogs so i decided to put together a book during uh, covid and take pictures and write up stories about each of my dogs and, and the benefits uh you know proceeds go to benefit uh, various dog charities and whatnot because i'm big in the dog charity world i even have my own gato pups and friends which is my dog charity that i run out on long island um so it's been uh that's a fun book that's available on amazon it's like a coffee table book with some pictures and stories uh light-hearted and comedic in nature that's great i mean i mean i have been a dog person all my life uh, i've had six dogs over my life i don't have any dogs right now because i have cats and because i my schedule oh, okay. doesn't doesn't really allow for it anymore but i, I yeah. really hand it to people who support dogs i have a friend who uh basically her life revolves around dogs she worked in she worked in shelters in in new york she worked out uh, lived in the bronx for a long time oh okay and there yeah, was this yeah. big shelter in the bronx and one day she called me up she says i have a dog for you and she delivered a dog to me because they were a hundred dogs over the limit in that shelter and she just dropped a dog in my lap and i had that dog for oh 15, 15 years and you know it was oh, devastating wow. when she died but i have a soft spot for dog people because dogs i mean i'm still a huge dog person but i just unfortunately can't have one right now but i like yeah. your dog's well, you'll name you get back to it <laughs> i hope so uh you had some pretty cool dog names you had like uh spumoni and- yeah all my dogs yeah they're all named after italian desserts and pasta dishes because i'm a big fat Italian guy with a sweet tooth so I love they're named after you know all dogs and uh you know I have cannoli biscotti napoleon tartufo tiramisu then there's like you know the pastas ravioli rigatoni the brother and sister fettuccine alfredo (laughs) so how many dogs do you have so the ghetto pups are nine dogs there are pups and then the friends part is the dogs that are adoptable because we run a adoption you know, we, we try to adopt them out. So, oh, that's so great. The adoptions could range anywhere from like 15 to 20, depending on how many we have at that time. So you have nine dogs of your own? Yeah, nine other ours. Wow. How, do you have a big house? Uh, I do, but I don't, and they're not—they're not very big dogs. We have a very specific type of small, cuddly dogs. You know, we only have 
you know, out of ours, our biggest dog is probably, we have probably have one, what people would call a big dog or a medium dog. The rest are all little mixes and they're all, you know, they're all mutts because we adopt them. So, uh, you don't know really what they are, but I got my little girl Spumoni, my favorite. She's like six pounds, I think. Oh, okay. So do you, are your kids and wife involved in this as well? Oh, 100%. Yes, my wife's uh, passion, which we started together and, you know, made, made it to a business because we were just collecting all these old dogs and we wanted to do more. And we were like, you know what, let's start it up for real and start this nonprofit and actually find some homes and help more dogs. And we just, you know, we adopted out our 57th dog uh, last weekend, I think it was. Uh, wow. Cinnamon Roll found a home. Wow. It's uh, old uh, pit bull girl of ours. Yeah, it was super sweet. So. It's, it's nice. It's fun. And the kids get involved, too. I mean, it shows the kids. Nothing teaches kids compassion like animals, you know, so they, they're in there with the dogs in the mix. My daughter loves it. My daughter's a real animal lover, like her mother. Um, and my son is six, so he's still getting the vibe for it, but he enjoys it as well. What is the name of this charity again? It's Gatto Pups and Friends. Gatto and Pups? Gatto Pups and Friends. Yeah. Gatto Pups and Friends, my last name, G-A-T-T-O. Gatto Pups and Friends is the website or on Instagram where we have everything is Gatto Pups and Friends is the handle. Oh, that's great. I I, I really, like I said, I really applaud dog people. I, I'm a musician and my CD was called The Dog's Age and I wrote a song called The Dog's Age. And I have a, Oh, nice. Yeah, I have a little tattoo on my wrist from when, when one of my dogs died. And, you that's know, great. Oh, that's super sweet. Yeah. yeah. If you want to look at some fun pictures, check it out. This, you know, these old ones make, make very funny pictures. Oh, yeah, dogs. <laughs> there used to be those wine reminders Weinmariner dog photo books too that were pretty funny. I forget the guy's name. Yeah, very. Yeah, he did a great series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what can we expect at your show that's coming up at Veterans? What is it going to be? Uh, um, audience participation, straight comedy. Um, it's straight comedy. It's a stand-up comedy show, and uh, I'm a storyteller. Really, that's my format. So, it's basically stories of my, you know, my life and my my crazy ride, which has been I've been very fortunate over the past ten years. I tell stories of, you know, my friendship with those guys, of just being friends in real life, not just from the show. I tell stories about uh, growing up Italian with a crazy Italian mother and how she's impacted my life, being a father with those kids, and stories, of course, of my crazy house with these dogs. <laughs> so it's it's a little mix of everything, but it's definitely a lot of fun, and we've had, uh, you know, great turnouts, great feedback from the fans. It's been really fun to do, and I'm, I'm super excited to get back up there to Rhode Island. This sounds like a Sebastian Maniscalco kind of thing. Yeah, we're, I'm we're, a, I'm a storyteller, so I, I I'm in tune with that type of uh, that type of comedy. He pushes his Italian roots roots too. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I, I definitely uh, I definitely relate to uh, to that. <laughs> what was the other one I dropped? Vic DiBattetto too. Yeah, it's Vic DiBattetto. Yes, yes. He's, he's, uh, he does a lot of comedy stuff too. Yeah, and I'm pretty physical, so. Uh, a theater stage is nice because I get to run around and use my body as a comedic weapon. <laughs> I'm a physical comedian a lot. So. Well, Rhode Island's a big, especially Providence, it's a big Italian population yeah. or Italian-American population, so they, they appreciate that kind of humor. Come on out and bring, a, bring, bring me a cannoli. Come on to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I just did a podcast with a mafia guy that used to do stuff with uh, around this, so that that's... Uh, really? Wow. That that's part of the uh, the history of this place too is having the mafia in Providence. Yeah, out there, yeah. I don't know if you have any of those stories in your comedy or not, or you, or you try not to be try not to get funny. <laughs> so about hour. that, maybe, maybe the next hour, maybe the next hour. <laughs> Anything else you want to throw in there about the show and what else you're doing and what else folks can learn about you? That yeah, make- I think they. Uh, I think we covered a lot. It was great. I mean, I would just say, you know, I, I love when the families come out. The show is suggested sixteen plus, but I've had. Know, kids coming out to bring their 10 year old kids or fans 
of the comedy and stuff. You know, there's no nothing really too terrible. You know, there's a couple of curse words here and there, but overall, I you know, it's really just a fun event for everybody to come out and laugh together. And I really, really uh, push for that for people to you know come out with their friends or family and, and just have some fun. Is there any opening act for you? Yeah, I, I travel with a very funny gentleman. His name is Jiggy. He goes by his name. Uh, he's a very he's been working with me for uh, for this tour. Uh, he does a great set, and then in Providence, he'll, he'll uh, I'm sure they'll react into. He's a Boston comic, so uh, he's been, he was born and raised up there. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a great show. Um, good luck with your your tour and uh, your nights of comedy prior to that sounds yeah like for fun. sure thank you so much sounds like a fun thing you're a great person for doing the dog thing keep that up i really appreciate that from my sure. end certainly will anything to do with animals yeah. is a big big plus with me so I, i'm sure you'll gain a lot of people right. well I'll, you know take a look at the wet take a look at the website let me know if you want me to bring you one when i'm coming <laughs> <laughs> i'll deliver like your friend i'll deliver i'll drop one off <laughs> Hey, now, are you going to have a, a selling your books out there in the lobby after the show? No, the books are only available on Amazon now. I do have merch and stuff, but the, the books are just on Amazon now. I, I had I had uh, hardcovers, but I had sold out of them, so I don't bring those anymore. I just have a uh, different merch. Oh, okay. Do you, do you hang out at in, at the merch table afterwards, or no? Or no, I do uh, I do a meet and greet after, so the fans, uh, you know, I, I'm busy doing that meeting the fans, um, so that's available for people as well if they want to do that. All right. Well, I appreciate it. December. 29th Veterans Auditorium Joe Gatto's Night of Comedy thank you very much and continue your drive safely thank you so much I appreciate you take care thank you okie dokie thanks to Joe Gatto for being part of this episode of the Roots Report podcast Gatto will bring his Night of Comedy to Veterans Memorial Auditorium on December 29th for more cannoli over to thevetsri.com The Roots Report podcast is presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by Rhode Island Blood Center, Mother Earth Wellness, Gray Sail Brewing, Trinity Brewhouse, Ballet RI, and R1 Indoor Karting. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 